What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. I am here with Anthony, Mike, and Casey, who has been missing the action because she traipsing all over the country. <laughs> yes, she but you know, she had to come in because we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I can't believe we finally got it. It's here. And I loved it. What did you guys think? Emotional damage. Okay. <laughs> this moment that was coming. <laughs> from the start with Quill drinking himself into a fucking stupor and being careful. Oh, also, okay, I'm not I'm don't get me wrong. I love this movie. This is like a top third movie for me as far as all of our all the Marvel movies. Wow. Okay. Wow. Very high praise. But, but the red herrings that they gave us during the com- for the commercials and trailers leading up to this, from this moment when they were carrying Quill and it looked like he was dead, like when you saw it in the I saw it in the commercial, I was like, they're, they're not killing off Quill. Then when they showed them carrying Drax after after they were inside the living place, the the like living blob thing, I was like, oh shit, Drax is dead. Then it's like, he's like, he, they gave us so many red herrings. I feel yeah. like I'm have I have fish poisoning. I'm like they just kept kept like misdirecting us everywhere, and they kept doing it throughout the movie too. And yeah. but I gotta say this is I I was so happy with this movie, especially after like so many of the of the last two or three movies have were kind of lackluster in certain points. Like they were good, but there were points that where we were just like, uh, mm-hmm. this one throughout was spot on. That shit is good. And I hate, I kind of, I hate to see James Gunn go, but I'm glad that he's going to DC to actually bring good filmmaking over there. Maybe the, maybe this will actually be competition now, as opposed to you know just Marvel getting complacent with what they're with the product they're putting out. And now mm-hmm. maybe he'll he'll get them step their game up so that Marvel can get their game back up to where it needs to be. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, Anthony, what about you? Um, I'm going to agree with about 65% of what Mike said. I'll take it. <laughs> like, it. It was good. I wouldn't say top third, but it, it was good. It was like Marvel getting back on track to what it does really well mm-hmm. with these kinds of movies, it, which is sort of like Mike said, kind of been missing the last two or three movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, the humor was good. The, the story was pretty good pacing was pretty good it didn't feel like two and a half hours um it had a lot of really good moments i i, I thought it was well done i mean james gunn knows these characters really well and you know as long as you're not making these huge shifts like for example in love and thunder we see the guardians in the beginning mm-hmm. right it didn't feel like the guardians you know, mm-hmm. it, it didn't really feel like them. It's not quite the same, and I don't, I don't think it's because Thor was with them, but it just wasn't. It didn't feel like Guardians. So I was a little concerned, but then that wasn't James Gunn doing it. Yeah, that was tight. When James Gunn has his characters, he knocks it out of the park. So I thought it was pretty good. I I really enjoyed it. Okay. I did have one big issue with it, and we'll talk about that later. Almost killed the movie for me, but oh, I got oh. over it. Okay. 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 What about you, Casey? Um, I did like it too. It was not my. It's not my top three. 
Um, <laughs> I did the action. I movie. said third. That's it's eleven third. movies. My okay, top eleven. There are thirty-three movies out. It's in my top eleven. Okay. 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 Uh, I'll give you that. It could be within the top eleven. It could 20. be. Yeah. Could be. <laughs> um, I, I I really did enjoy it, especially being someone who followed, you know, watched from the beginning and some of the throwbacks that they had and some of the callbacks to earlier movies mm-hmm. got me. I was like, oh, I awed a lot in the movie. I didn't cry. But I did go, you know, it pulled pull at your heartstrings a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I really didn't like, um, I hated, I won't say hated, I extremely disliked this Gamora. I did not like her at all. Her attitude, her everything. I was like, but I think that's that was the point of this Gamora because she is an earlier version of even the Gamora that we met in the first, like the very first version of Gamora that we met. She's an earlier version. This is the version of Gamora that's supposed to be like the the galaxy's most wanted, one of the most feared assassins. This is that version of Gamora. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, and I th- think this is the version, right? Like they hadn't quite figured out what Thanos was doing. Like this is the version. This is bef- yeah. When we first saw her, she was trying to stop him mm-hmm. from getting the getting all the stones because she knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. This one isn't there yet, right? So yeah, right. Also, I mean, she's kind of sort of. It's kind of sort of like she knows because, of course, she was brought in. In Endgame, and that's where we saw her. So she's kind of like trying to figure things out. I'm glad it didn't fall for the trope of putting them back together in the end of the movie. Because I was like, I, I was really, I'm like, please don't do that. Because okay. it's like, the way she was acting, I was like, nah, Mm-mm. don't do that. Yeah, it was her <laughs> attitude for me. Like, bitch. <laughs> like, I, I, I just couldn't. It was like you were extra angry and extra, extra for nothing. Okay. You know? Just like a little... Like tone it down like this much. Okay, like, so, I get it. You mad? I don't want to be with you. I, I get it. I get <laughs> it. I get it. And I get it because I think the only thing for for me in this movie that really, really aggravated me was the fact that Peter kept trying to make her remember him, or mm-hmm. kept trying to convince her that she, you know, that. Oh yeah, we had this great relationship. We were in love and this, that, and the other. And she, I like she kept saying in no uncertain terms, I am not the person that you think that you want me to be. I'm not the person you think I am. And for him to keep harping on it the entire fucking movie, I would be pretty pissed too. It's kind of like nowadays when when we tell a guy we're not interested and they keep persisting. It pisses us off because it's like, dude, we are clearly giving you signals. And she wasn't even being subtle about it. She was basically, I'm not the person you want me to be. I don't like you. I don't want to be with you. There is no chance in hell that we are going to be together. And he just kept pushing the issue because he couldn't get over his own trauma. That shit was getting on my nerves. I mean, in a sense, I understand his point of view. Like this is a person who looks like, the love of your life, which we'll get to that part too, because yeah. But 
And I understand how hard that can be. But still, if the chick is telling you that she is clearly not in- interested, dude, let it go. Let it go. Yeah. That I, was, I feel I like think- I feel like I, I feel like okay because he had pretty good chemistry with Peter. And I feel like that this is something set up for later when he and Peter are going to have a conversation about the love of their lives, not remembering who they are. Who? Oh, Peter wow. Parker. Oh, no. Peter. Oh, y'all like Peter who? Peter yeah, Parker. I don't know who you're talking about. So it'll, it'll be the two Peters both have <laughs> girlfriends that that don't remember or don't have any memory of their relationship. Yeah, but here's the thing. The younger Peter, that's how you want to model. Like when you go in and you see the person that is the love of your life and she clearly doesn't remember you instead of going into the whole, oh, hey, yeah, let me tell you about this funny story. You and I used to, he just lets her live her life. Hello, please. It's going to make for interesting conversation when that happens. Yeah. 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 But other than that, I will say I actually loved the movie. I loved the villains. Um, They were great. Rocket's backstory, just like like you said, Michael, uh, emotional damage, because I was just like, oh, like we knew his backstory was going to be horrible. But I mean, when when they're showing what was done to him to the guardians and they all can't even look at it because they're in Nebula is like, this is worse than anything my my father ever did to me. Yeah, I was just like, y'all really trying that, to kill us. Ugh. That line got me. I was just like, when she said that, I was just like, and we know how he fucked her up, right? Because she mentions it yeah. every single time, literally. So for her to make that statement, it shows what an impact, you know, that what Rocket went through had, and and to see, you know. The relationships that he built with Lila and with Teeth and with Floor and and for for what happened to happen, I was just sitting in the movie theater like, "Oh my God, what is he trying to do to us?" And then for all that to happen, and none of our people died, I was just kind of like, I w- I was like, okay, you know what? We don't have to have. And I said this before, we don't have to have the trope where some of the where where your favorites die or some of the main people die. We- People don't always have to die for it to be a good or emotional movie. And I'm glad that the Guardians were able to survive. They were all able to not necessarily go into their happy endings, but they got closure on some things and they were able to move forward into the next phase of life. I love that part of the story. So I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised if Marvel told him. Not under any circumstances are you allowed to kill anybody because he was leaving. So I'm sure, I'm sure they told him that he couldn't do that. But I would think that, um, especially since this is, since he was the one that brought the Guardians to life, he has been the 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 mind, heart, and soul behind this trilogy. I would, yeah. if he was leaving, that they would give him permission to do that because. I don't think you want anybody else touching the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, granted, I know no, that the no, title card no. at the end says that Star-Lord will be back. In what capacity, we don't know. But the rest of them, he has said clearly, this is it for the Guardians. They're they're done. No, it's it for he, that he, version. 
Because uh, Zoe Saldana's not coming back. Dave Bautista's not coming back. Right. We know those two for sure are not returning. Mm-hmm. Right. She's been so promoting what, what them. What he said was that particular group of guardians okay. won't be together again. Okay. So but certain well, people have said they're not returning to the franchise. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, Zoe has been has sort of on the side said she she would like to see a recast, not you know, be gone. So mm. that 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 Gamora anyway. But the thing but is, yeah, do it doesn't recast. it doesn't really matter what what James Gunn wants, the characters don't belong to him. They belong yeah. to Marvel. I know. So, Marvel can tell him this happens in comic books. This happens in the comic book mm-hmm. world. They yeah, will come on and they will tell the editor, this is what you can and can't do with these characters. This is who you can and can't kill off. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Disney told him, uh, I know you want to go out with a bang, but you cannot kill anybody off because we want to be able to use them again later. And we but- don't want you fucking us up because you're going to our rival studio. So, yeah. no, sir, no, you will course, not sir. be killing anybody off. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's how that works. Yeah. I can see that. I get it. I get it. Th- that's the business side of it. It's, it's just the business. <laughs> it's just the At business. At the end of the day, it's all it's about the dollar. All about it's the dollar. It's just business. Yeah. It's just business. Not yeah, personal, it's just business. It's just business. It's just business. Yeah, it's just Okay, I have one question. Uh-huh. And it they mentioned it a little bit in the movie. Like, okay, and I never understood this because Gamora came back. Why wouldn't they just be able to go to get an alternate Black Widow? But they kind of mentioned it when they were like, I think in the elevator or whatever. Um, but I don't understand, like, if could because it to me. If they can find an alternate version, Gamora, why wouldn't they be able to do the same for Black Widow? They probably could. I don't think, but okay, it's been a while since I've seen like uh, a few of the older movies. I don't think they brought this version of Gamora in on purpose. Am I remembering correctly? She just kind of happened to be a byproduct of them going after fucking with time. uh, Yeah, yeah, fucking with time. And yeah, so I don't think that was something on purpose. And I don't think as much as the desire probably is to do that, I don't think they would do that to to Blackwood or even or even Tony, because who knows how bad that would screw things up, you know? Yeah, that's what we learned in in Doctor Strange. You start messing with the multiverse, bad mm-hmm. things happen. The only that's problem that's though, what we, we learned in Endgame. He's like, it, you can't just take one and spoof it off because you get a branch. And yeah. it's like, and it also happened in, but it, it did it in What If, where he took the Black Widow from the yeah. universe where she was the only person and mm-hmm. her in a universe that. Black Widow had died. But see, that's I think so, that's a little bit on the that, different that side because because you're literally taking a a whole different version. Like this version of Gamora supposedly is the, the same. It's the same Gamora. It's the just same from Gamora just from an earlier time. So I think yeah. that's that's a little bit different. But speaking of the multiverse, I will say this: as much as I am invested in that storyline, and as much as um, you know, it has become a huge part of the Marvel story. I am kind of glad that the Guardians had nothing to do with the the multiverse. Yeah. I'm glad that we kind of got a break from all of that 
to just focus on this story about these people. I think if they had tried to tie it into the multiverse, I think it would have gotten a little messy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, I don't know how the, how they're going to use Peter Quill later, but, and it may very well have to do with Spider-Man or have to do with one of those others. Well, but, it's going to be in Secret Wars. It's going to be in Secret Wars or Green Dynasty. Mm. Yeah, it's going to mm. be Secret Wars. Okay. Um, but to kind of, to help, help Casey a little bit, there is a theory that the reason why it worked now, I, I read this theory. <laughs> I read this theory. I, I, it's not it, his it's theory, theory, Mike. He, it's somebody else's it's theory. theory. Don't theory. get excited. <laughs> this is this, yeah, this, you know, those parts of the internet and message boards where we just kind of lurk around a little bit. So it's all related to Captain America taking the stones back and putting them where they're supposed to be. Okay. So this Gamora is an early version of the Gamora that was sacrificed. However, him putting the time putting the soul stone back kind of I don't want to say negated her death, but it didn't screw up the timeline because she's now able to be alive. Do you understand? So he took the stone from a period from before she got thrown off. Well, he took the stone, yeah. Because yes. remember, they went and got the stone, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that that sort of the universe sort of corrected itself. Said, well, they didn't. It didn't have to bring her back because she ultimately was sacrificed. But this version was sort of not a part. Just putting the stone back kind of made it easier for her to exist. Because I was going to say, if you think about it, they all went when they went to go you know, retrieve the stones or, well, hmm. I'm thinking. Because if, if, if what had happened would have been undone, then that meant that Black Widow could have come back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. That's what I was it, thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it makes it, if they do somehow bring her back, then that's explainable as well, because the stone is back where it's supposed to be. So the sacrifice wasn't necessary. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, it's 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 convoluted, which is why we had a black Black Widow movie after she died. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those things that that you just kind of have to be like, yeah, whatever. It's one yeah, of those, those things that makes your head hurt about time travel, which is why you don't. Like time why travel. I don't like time travel, right? Because it because yeah. the waters can get a little murky. Mm -hmm. murky downright well, muddy and yeah. nasty and filthy and sluggish and, and everything right. yeah okay all that. okay yeah well i have a better understanding so thank you <laughs> carry on <laughs> all right so for those of you who are familiar with the character what did you think about the introduction of adam warlock okay so all right, this is my problem, right? I'm going to have something to say. This is not Adam Warlock. I don't okay. care about Adam Warlock. This has no, to me, has no resemblance. I know they've changed a lot of things about the Infinity Gauntlet and the Infinity War and all that stuff, but I was excited about Adam Warlock until I saw Adam Warlock okay. because I, I, I understand they needed more. Uh, maybe he felt he needed more comic relief, 
but I thought it was sort of like an unnecessary comic relief. Like, I don't like this version of Adam Warlock. I think they could have done it differently, but I think they didn't want him to be that similar to Drax. Um, Because I think they wanted to make him sort of like childlike because, you know, he's not that old. Um, But even the Adam Warlock in the comic book was way more mature, even though he wasn't, you know, aged or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. this this version of Adam Warlock was just I, I did not recognize it and I couldn't wrap my head around it and I just had to accept it and move on because otherwise it was going to annoy me the whole freaking movie. Okay. Okay. What's what other version is there? Because this is the only one okay. I know. Well, he I mean, he that's this is why when they when they gave us that post credit scene in in Guardians 2, mm-hmm. everybody was like, oh shit, because Adam Warlock has, like you said, he's he's wielded the Infinity Gauntlet with all the stones. So it's like, this is before Infinity War 2, so it's like, everybody's wondering what the fuck's going on. Like, which way are they going to go with it? Because they literally could have, because they could have gone three, one of three ways with it. The way they went with Thanos having it, they could have had Adam Warlock wielded, or there's also there's also a comic where Nebula actually wields the um, Infinity Gauntlet. So there actually there were a lot of ways they could have gone, and they had Adam Warlock there, almost ready to come out of his cocoon, and they're like, "Oh shit, what the fuck's going on?" So it's like, but they actually, but you know, the way they decided to go, they they decided they just didn't catch him or introduce him until now. But it's like I'm kind of with, I'm kind of with Anthony. I was at, at first. Because I was like, why is he acting like, like why is he, he's, he's acting like, like he's seven. And it's like, it was getting on my nerves. But then it's like, the more I watched it, and it's like, I watched stuff online about Adam Warlock. I watched scenes. Uh, I watched, I watched certain scenes with him in it. I was like, okay, I actually understand. I don't, I don't necessarily like him more. He's not one of my favorite characters in this film. Like I thought, I kind of thought he could have been. To be honest, they probably could have left him out. They, they, I think the only reason they had him is they needed someone to get Quill out of off in outer space at the end. That's the only reason they really had him in it. See, and, 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 Adam, and they had to have they had to have somebody beat up Rocket in the beginning. That's like that's the only reason I think that they had him in it. It's like because in, in between there, it's like he saw his sister die. He really didn't do anything to save her, and it's like all he did was beat up Rocket mom. and his save mother. His mother. 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 Sorry. Yeah. His oh. mother. He, he couldn't save his mother. He beat up Rocket and he saved Peter. That's basically all he did. And he likes King Crimson. Okay. Uh, we could have left all that out. Um, Even in the comic books, like Vision, okay. When they, when they have Vision have the Soul Stone, mm-hmm. because in the comic book, Adam Warlock is the one with the Soul Stone. Oh, um, okay. So at the time, I was like, okay, well, maybe they're going to make Vision more like Adam Warlock. So sort of imagine him similar to what Vision was, mm-hmm. but a little bit different. Okay. Um, in the comic book, he was created by a group called the Enclave on Earth as the next evolution of humanity. Um, 
um in he after he left them he was found by the high evolutionary who kind of tweaked them a little bit more so the high evolutionary in the comic book didn't create him he just kind of improved on what the enclave did mm-hmm. um but he's he's a cosmic being of imminent power and I, I didn't really like seeing him reduced to childlike comic relief with power. It was it was just really weird seeing him like that. Okay, he's one of the most powerful one of the most powerful entities the most powerful in Marvel. In Marvel, yeah, and that's what I heard. And then when I saw him in the movie, even for me who has no background on him, I I knew nothing about his character. It seemed a weird introduction, but then I I I think I saw I saw a couple of interviews that talked about how he's starting out as this that's being that's created by i think her, her name was the sovereign aisha she he was created for a specific purpose and then in the midst of you know basically trying to steal rocket and trying to destroy the guardians you know he comes to this realization that okay maybe this is not the person i'm supposed to be and it's kind of like it's kind of like growing from infancy into maturity like you start out as this person who is just kind of single-minded because this is what you were bred to do and this is what you were supposed to be doing and then all of a sudden you start seeing how other people are reacting how other people are living their lives or you know the the heroic things that other people are doing and you have to sit here and make a decision of what type of person you want to be. And then that's when you start seeing his character mature a little bit towards the end. So I got that. But I kind of feel like you, Anthony, like the first part of the film when he was introduced, I felt like it was more of a distraction than anything. And I just felt like maybe there could have been a different way to introduce him than the way that they did it just i don't want to say it took away anything because i don't feel like it took away from the story but i don't feel like his addition really added to the story at least especially not in the first part like i get it you're the person that came after rocket and you kind of introduced that part of the story with the high evolutionary and Rocket, you know, being unconscious and then them finding the device in him that, you know, so I understand that part of it, but it just, I was just kind of looking like, this is the person everybody's been making a, like, because from the moment he was announced, like everybody has been talking about and so excited about Adam Warlock joining the MCU. And I was sitting there watching it. Like, I don't get it. You yeah, know, yeah, and I it's really kind of, wanted kind of, to get it. Yeah, it's kind of like how they did with Taskmaster. I'm no, sorry, I'm not we are there. not getting started on that again, Michael. You have to sorry. let it go. I can't, you I can't, let it but go. it's like, but this, but this is like, but yeah, I try to accept things as they are, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, you just, I mean, they've they, but they've said that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is different mm-hmm. than the comic books, so they're proving it by changing characters or having them act way different than most of us nerds are used to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, then of course that's just going to stir up controversy where people are like, that's not right. And, blah, 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 and you know, running around and yelling, but it's like, he was, I, unless they're going to develop his character more, I don't understand why they started it that way. I mean, maybe they're, 
maybe they're going to develop his character in Secret Wars or something else like that. But it's like it, he just really looked dumb. Right. His question. Did I hear? Okay, I've only seen the movie once. I I had planned on going to see it another time before we talked about it, but it didn't get a chance to. Did I hear them mention somewhere in the movie something about the Cree? I, I thought think, I did. Um, I think I did. Okay. okay. Yeah. When when we get when we get to Philo, we can talk about the Cree. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Philo's half Cree. Yeah. Um, the little girl in the post credit scene. Oh yes, yes, oh. that's yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So earlier we talked about how James Gunn knows these characters. We we kind of need to take him to task on repeating a pattern that he used for the first one, because Gamora is very similar to how she was when she was in, introduced and how she rebuffed. Um, Peter a lot in the beginning it's very similar um, his treatment of Adam Warlock our reaction to Adam Warlock is very similar to I'm talking about comic book people our reaction to Drax because right. same thing with Drax was the same way he was not like this in our comic books mm. Drax the Destroyer was a serious fellow who sole purpose was to was to kill I can't remember if it was Kill Thanos or Ronan. I can't remember which one. Yeah, I mean, he was hell like, That's all he wanted to do, yeah. period. Yeah, yeah and, and he was kind of like that in the first one. Like yeah. But there was a lot of then, comedy mm-hmm. and him But being then they gave dumb. him Mantis and he kind of like tailed off from his right. point. And so like, that's sort of another similar kind of thing that went with, you know, that, that James Gunn went with that pattern. So I don't know if it's something that, that he he knows works for the kind of movies he does, Mm -hmm. but I didn't think he should have done the same treatment for Adam Warlock. Um, I'm I'm like, you you might as well have not had him in the movie because like, like both of you have said, it didn't really add anything to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even not knowing how he is in the comic books in infinity war and the infinity saga is fine. But what, 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 what was, what was the point? Right. Like, he Except didn't... for some really cool fight scenes, because he came in there whooping ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he got his ass handed to him. Both that's times. that's true. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I uh, mean, they have to start him off mean so they can get beat. Yeah, yeah, you but know. they could, they, could, they still could left. They could have left all that. If, that, if that's all they're going to do, it's like, I mean, I actually like the only part I really liked him. It's like I didn't necessarily really like him when he saved Quill. It's like I was like, oh, okay, like whatever. But the only time I really liked him was when at the post in the post credit scene where he was where they were talking about the music they liked. He was like, he actually seemed like he was, he actually acted better then than he did in the whole movie. I was just like, like he, like he. Well, again, like I said, the way that they presented him in the movie is like when we're first introduced to him, he's kind of got this single focus. And that's all that, as far as he knows, he's supposed to do. So it's like when you have characters like that and then they get around other uh, other, you know, examples of humanity and like, oh, this is how people act or, oh, this is how people should be. And maybe I should try to be this way because it was very clear in the movie that he realized he wasn't like everybody else. 
You know what I'm saying? And I mean, even when the high evolutionary and uh, sovereign Aisha were talking about his development, it's almost like they were telling us, okay, this is a very dumbed down version of what he's supposed to be because they broke him out of his cocoon earlier, whatever. He hasn't had chance to develop. I mean, it's kind of like he's a premature baby. Like he didn't have a chance to fully develop. And, you know, there's some things that need further nurturing. And then when you see him at the end, when he's having the conversation with the new guardians, he seems more like a regular person. And I'm assuming this is because he's now been around the guardians. He's, you know, been around other people. He's been around the children that the high evolutionary was experimenting on. So he's had more of a time to develop like his own personality. And, you know, like you said, I was cool with that part. So I was like, okay, so if this is the person he is starting to be, yes, I want to see where his journey is going to lead now because I need to feel the excitement that everybody else was feeling about this character. And right now, I just really don't quite have that. It was just one of those things where it was like, oh, okay, so he's just basically, it, he he's a, a, a tool. He's a scapegoat for the high evolutionary. Oh, I need you to go get these people. I need you to go get my rock, you know, my raccoon because I can't do it. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm, this is not a theory. I'm going to say this up front. It's not a theory. Mm-hmm. I think it's possible that before, like it's not out of the realm of possibility that, that James Gunn had four movies in mind for Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe more before he went. And the third movie was actually going to be Adam Warlock and the Sovereign. Mm. And they introduced the high evolutionary later. And so that whole movie was going to be Adam Warlock being taken out of cocoon early. And, you know, maybe they were contacted to for him to get sort of create. I don't want to say redo the Thanos thing with our evolutionary, mm-hmm. but do it in the Guardians universe. OK, like he would be the big bad that we don't know about until the fourth movie. OK, but they don't know why this dude is trying to kidnap Rocket. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and go through all that. And I, that whole, I could envision a whole movie where we get to know Adam Warlock and his powers. And we sort of see him, you know, change over time as he matures from, you know, being broken out early. And mm-hmm. starting to question, well, what is my purpose? Like, am I really just supposed to be a weapon? Like, am I... Am I just really, playing fetch? Going to fetch? This is a fetch quest, you know, for me. Or whatever. Right. You, you See what I'm saying? Like, I really could see if that could have been a thing. But then when James Gunn is like, well, I guess I'm leaving. So this is my last movie. So I put it all in one movie. So there's no time to develop Adam Warlock or do all the things that maybe he had envisioned for this character. Right. I don't want to be to the point, but it just seems like you could have, we all of our expectations, and he knows all of our expectations for Adam Warlock. And he had to give us Adam Warlock but he couldn't do it in the way that maybe he had planned on doing it. Mm-hmm. If he would have had more movies. Yeah, because yeah, he thought he was going to have more time and more movies. He he, he, he didn't. So just make it all one movie and wrap it up. Okay. I really could see that that's, that is probably what happened because the post credit scene and the hype surrounding Adam Warlock and this is what we get it doesn't really seem right. It, right. it seems like right. there's a lot missing 
with okay. that, especially how he was used. And like, why would the high evolutionary tell them to get Rocket and then turn around and then send someone else? You you see what I'm saying? Like the high evolutionary doesn't seem like a person that would do two different things for the same end. Like he already tried Sovereign. It failed. So mm-hmm. you move to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so. what I was going to say, because he seemed like the type of uh, person that does not like failure. And when they failed to get Rocket the first time, you know, he basically was, you know, like, um, yeah, so you're but then he tells them, he, Yeah, but then he tells them, you better get me the Rocket or I'm going to wipe out your whole civilization, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Get me eight, nine, whatever. And then he turns around, he sets a trap for him. Yeah. So it's a face off. <laughs> <laughs> did you finally see my screen name? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's not a trap. It's not a trap. It's a face off. It's a face off. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so it it I, yeah, it it seemed like there was just a lot of, of weird stuff going on there. Cause if he really truly thought the sovereign was going to complete the task, he wouldn't have had to set the trap. But then mm-hmm. if he set the trap, he should have known that the sovereign would still, it seems like his motivation to get rocket, maybe it would make him have a whole bunch of different things going on to get him. But right. it doesn't seem like this version of the high evolution would do that. Mm-hmm. Like he, like I'm going to do this. If this doesn't work and you fail me, I'm going to move on to the next scene. So the plan for the trap was the next thing because the sovereign failed. But then why would you tell the sovereign to continue to try to get rocket? That would put them in conflict, which is what happened. Put them in conflict with what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I it didn't make any sense to me that okay. the whole Adam Warlock stuff didn't didn't really fit. And that, that's the one thing about the movie that just annoyed me. It just annoyed me to death. Okay, so for you, it was Adam Warlock. For me, it was Quill doggedly pursuing Gilmore. And, you know, the weird thing is, so my plan had been to re-watch Guardians of the Galaxy before, uh, the second one, before I watched the third one. And I just, I didn't get a chance to do it. So I started watching it just kind of, I wasn't feeling good the other day. I just kind of turned it on because I was like, there were some things about the third movie that I couldn't really remember um, the reference points from the second movie because I've only seen the second movie like twice. So I started watching the second movie and I was like, okay, so I remember the gold people. I remember Rocket, you know, stealing the batteries. And this is, you know, this was the start of the conflict and all this other stuff. But then I was like, throughout the majority of that movie, Gamora still was not, her and Quill were not together. She was still very much irritated by him. So I was like, how in the world did we go from that to She's the love of his life. And I I just didn't get it. It didn't make sense to me. So, and, and I think that just made it even more irritating for me in this movie. Because I was like, she didn't really like you the first time. And I just, I don't know. He had to grow on her. No, what, what Steve Urkel said, wear you down. Then we had to wear that. <laughs> 
And I guess Man. in this day and age, with with my own, it, I, I don't want you to wear me down. If I say I'm not interested, leave me the hell alone. Just leave me the hell alone. Let me look. I guess for me, it's like if we're going to be together, if you want me to see that you are this great person, just be this great person without like consistently. Oh my God, yes. That got on my nerves so much with the second movie and then with this third movie because I remember even in, um, was it Infinity Game, uh, Infinity War, when all of this started going on, I was like, oh, they must have really got together and fell in love off screen because I didn't remember none of that happening. And then they have to go through the whole thing again. And like you said, Mike, I'm glad they didn't put them back together at the end because that would have, I think, one, it would have made me lose my respect for the character of Gamora altogether because it's like, yeah, I understand. Yes, things can happen. You can not be into someone. And like you said, Casey, they wear you down. Or or maybe if you get to a point where you build a friendship and you say, oh, this person's not, you know, not bad. Maybe I can see. If it happened in that natural progression, I would have had no problem with it. But the fact that he just kept on keeping on, it was so tiring. It was so draining. Like literally every time those two got on screen together, I literally rolled my eyes and turned my head from the screen because I was like, just let me know when the next scene comes up because I really didn't want to hear it. It was just so overbearing and I was like oh and people don't understand this is what we deal with from with men all the time but anyway it yeah it was just that was the thing that that if if I could say anything killed the movie for me it would have been that because oh my god like dude she does not want you leave her alone just leave her alone but anyway um <laughs> so speaking of the high evolutionary let's talk about him because that's one well done villain like he's my like, god it's and it's like yes and here's the thing so we've talked a lot about more ambiguity with a lot of the villains because it's like we have these villains who are doing these things but you can kind of sort of see where they're coming from like you can understand the the origin of what they're doing like with thanos thanos was like okay the overpopulation is killing the galaxy we have to do something to control it or else everything is going to be destroyed okay i get that i get that don't like the way you executed it but i get what you're saying you know he's what was it that he said and um i think they refer to it in what if he's like an environmentalist or something like that like <laughs> he was really trying to save the the universe this high evolutionary dude i could find nothing good about him like he's basically he's basically a grown version of sid from toy story <laughs> yes which is yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. it's right there the little little spiders little spider mouse yes. and the little and the the walrus with the wheels i mean it's it basically was, misfit toys yes and it was just like this is what you get from this character from the mo- from the first moment. Like you realize, like from th- from the time we start seeing Rocket's memories, and he- you see himself as a baby raccoon, and you see the high evolutionary coming for him, and then the next thing you see is him being experimented on. 
it's like from jump, they're letting you know this is a no good motherfucker. Like there is nothing redeemable about him. There is nothing good about him. He is for whatever his purposes is to, to create a quote unquote perfect society. We all know what happens when people start aiming for a perfect society. You always get mass genocide and oh, whatever. But it, his introduction and the way that he played it, I'm okay. The actor who plays him, I cannot pronounce his name. I'm not even going to try to. That is Chuck Woody Iwuji. I'm not going to, I'm until I know the correct way to pronounce it, I'm not going to try. But when I tell you that motherfucker was on his shit in this yeah. role. He, he was, he was a peacemaker too. He played, he played the head guy in peacemaker too. The, okay. the team leader in peacemaker. He was really good in that. But yeah, he, yeah, he, was he, he played the fuck out of his role. So good. So good. But watching him and watching this evolution of Rocket's backstory you know, being, um, you know, being experimented on and then the high evolutionary kind of, kind of sort of, I won't even say being nice to him, but it's like that scene where he's sitting with Rocket in his lap and he's feeding him and he's also teaching him some things. I was like, oh, this, I think that was one of the scenes that probably bothered me more than anything because in a sense, when I looked at that scene and looked at the character and realized what he was doing, it's almost like predatory and grooming behavior. It really is. No, it's 100% grooming. He 100% groomed Rocket because it's like he's sitting there. It's like the way that he's holding him, I was just like, okay, it's a, it's a raccoon. It's an animated raccoon, but... Like you're you? treating this thing like your child, you're treating it like you care for it, and you're manipulating it in that way. Just yeah, to when be... he found out they wasn't going to the new place, he was like, even before that, because even in that scene towards the end, I forgot there was something Rocket said to him. And when he started grabbing Rocket's brain and he was talking about, you know. I guess how advanced he was, or it was something that he told him, even in that same scene, it's like you go from being this loving kind of sort of parental figure to this being to completely doing a 180 and looking like a fucking mad scientist all in the same scene. I was like, yeah, that dude ain't wrapped too tight. And then when you get the scene with him showing uh, Rocket what they were doing with the animals and when he I think it was the turtle that he tried to um, that he tried to transform first and the turtle blew up mm -hmm. and Rocket is sitting there and I don't know what he did to make Rocket so smart but even he was shocked because Rocket was like yeah you got to do this da 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 and they're all sitting there looking like no, he, had, he had the machine the machine was supposed to do a million years of evolution in mm -hmm. seconds okay and turtle didn't blow up he was like the machine is not working because they're overly aggressive oh yes that's what it was yeah, yeah. yeah. they're overly aggressive yeah and, and then he had to incinerate him that was when rock was like oh well what's happening is you know x y and z mm -hmm. in the filtration system and he looked at them like okay like how the fuck did you feel and and he was says later on in the in the 
movie, he's like, how did you figure it out? How did you know? I created you. It's like, I created you. How did you get smarter than me? I'm like, dude, you've never watched anything about artificial intelligence that was produced on earth, did you? Never. Mm -hmm. Your creations are always going to be smarter than you when you try to fuck around. Yeah, the the funny thing is, is when he when he finally I guess off scene off screen when he finally did what Rocky suggested and it worked he fucking lost his mind like he was acting crazy he ran all the way back he's like oh my god how do you do it why he was like really and I thought what's wrong with him and then I realized oh, oh he's like trying to put his wrap his brain around how this thing figured it out. The thing that he created. Mm-hmm. Like, and he couldn't figure it out. But he couldn't figure it out, right. Right. Like, you, you're supposed to be... You're that's the one that's know. creating these quote-unquote perfect beings. And you literally created one. Yes, exa- he looks like an animal. And you didn't do a lot of... It, he didn't have a lot of altercations to his body. But he didn't look like what he wanted them. Like he was trying to make them look as close to human as possible, which when you go to that planet, what was it? Um, Counter Earth. Counter Earth. Yeah. When you look at those, those beings that were there, it's like he tried to make them as close to human as possible and really couldn't, like they still had some animalistic features to them, but they were highly intelligent. But and then the fact that once you figured out something else, like, oh, okay, so we figured out a way to make them even better. Oh, okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're just going to incinerate the whole planet and start. I was like, right. He was what he said, octopus is selling meth. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Let me tell you. It was funny because they were like, you know, you're trying to create the perfect. The, the perfect society and you know they're cooking cre- meth and beating each other he's like oh yeah well you know it's- <laughs> what are you gonna do yeah, and start but i mean that should have told you right then and there that no matter what kind of manipulation you are doing with cells with genes with dna with whatever there's always something that's going to come out to make that not a perfect being or not perfect in his definition of the oh, word perfect. perfect. There's no balance in his creations, you know? And, and that's one of the reasons. There are only one thing. You're perfect. Yeah, because what did he say with Sovereign? He was trying to make the most aesthetically pleasing form. And that's all you get is an aesthetically pleasing form. They don't have nothing else. Right. <laughs> And then you get the ones that are really, really smart, but they don't fit your standard of beauty. You know, like Rocket. I mean, I mean, for a raccoon, Rocket, Rocket's a cute raccoon. He's not a cute human because he's not supposed to be. He wasn't supposed to ever be experimented on and and have the things done to him that were done. But I, I'm telling you, this this dude. He was just, and then to see all of the things that he had when they, when they got up on that ship and you saw all of those kids, I was just looking like, oh, but but before we move on, I just want to do a side note. 
and we're not going to get into the weeds on this. So in the comic books, how evolutionary is human? He's from Manchester, England, and his influence, the person that that kind of put him on this track was Nathaniel Essex, who is Mr. Sinister, one of um, the X-Men's. Um, yeah. Okay. Mr. Sinister, Nathaniel Essex, his thing was trying to create a, the perfect mutant. You know, and that that's his one focus, one little thing. And then how evolutionary took that and was like, oh, we can do that. Like we can manipulate DNA and we can manipulate people and stuff. And so that is what set him on the track that he ended up on. But I, I just need thought that people was a and scientists to stop fucking with the natural order of things because i feel like even like even now in real life in our real world they have procedures and they have methods of where people like they can go into an embryo and or into a cell and like correct things so that if you want your child to have this if you want your child to have that they can go in and alter that stuff to give you your own version of a perfect child. Stop fucking with the natural order of things. Just stop. I just, I don't understand what the, well, okay. I do understand that's a whole other conversation that we are not about to get into here. But the the focus and the obsession with creating the quote unquote perfect, like, just stop. I mean, this this movie was this character was a perfect cautionary tale. Stop doing that shit because eventually the thing that you're trying to make perfect is going to be smarter than you. And once they figure out the unethical things that you have done to make them that way, I mean, it's going to be like Skynet. It's going to be like like all of these things that we've always seen where you try to create the perfect society, you try to create this, or you try to create the perfect man, or you try to create artificial intelligence. I mean, artificial intelligence in this day and age right now, May 10th, 2023, AI is all over the internet now. Like people are creating videos. People are creating photos i mean and all of this stuff and it's just kind of like like you have ai now that can take a snippet of your of your voice and create a whole conversation and, and a song and a, or make a song yeah, I, or, I saw something about that too or they mm -hmm. can take you answering the phone and make a whole thing and use your voice to you know acknowledge or to give permission for certain things is like what are we about to i i'm really kind of feeling like uh you know we joke a lot about skynet but something like that is going to happen soon because people don't know how to leave well enough alone they keep what did dr malcolm say in Jurassic park your scientists were so preoccupied with, with whether or not, whether or not you could do it that you didn't stop to think whether or if not you should. should. You know who said that first, I think? Sherilyn Kenyon in one of her books. Said <laughs> that. Just because you just because you can doesn't mean you should. Oh, that is funny. Okay. Bruh. But yeah, that that high <laughs> evolutionary. And then when you see 
what he has done, when you see what he's done to the other animals that Rocket eventually like becomes his found family. And then once Rocket realizes, oh, he's not sending us to this new planet, he's going to kill us. And he has to convince his friends of this, this horrible thing. Like you guys had all this hope about getting out of these cages, going to live a life somewhere because you know, it, those, those animals were highly intelligent and you find out he's going to kill you. And then I guess he has figured out, like he knew that Rocket was going to create a key to get out the cage and to let everybody else out. I, I don't think they were that highly intelligent. I think Rocket was. I don't think the others were. They were intelligent enough. They were intelligent like, enough. The fact that they are talking and they have feelings and they're carrying on full conversations and all of this, that's what I mean by oh, okay. them being intelligent. Because you have other animals in other cages that weren't saying a word. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the fact that you have these animals and then you knew that Rocket was smart enough. And I, I almost feel like he did that on purpose. Like when Rocket said something to him about going to the other planet and he said, wait, you were smart enough to figure all this out, but you weren't smart enough to figure out that you weren't going? I feel like he did that on purpose because I, I was like, bitch, what? Yeah. But then when he goes in there and he tries to take down Rocket and he ends up killing the other three, Rocket's friends, you know, they, they get into a firefight or, you know, there's uh, soldiers coming to try to get Rocket. And of course, Rocket at this point, Rocket done picked up a gun. Rocket done slashed whole old, he done slashed old boy's face to bits. Like when I saw him, when they finally took the mask off of him at the end, I was mm -hmm. like, that looks familiar. What mm -hmm. does that look like? One, he kind of sort of looked like Red Skull. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then there was something else. I can't remember. There was something else where he, I mean, he just half his face was gone. He kind of looked. He looked like um, Aaron Eckhart in um, Batman in the Dark Knight. Mm, yeah, two face, two face. You know, like that. He did. But my thing is too. So this is the result of what you did to this to this raccoon. This is what he did when you pissed him off the first time. Now it's years later. He is part of the legendary Guardians of the Galaxy that has saved the world not once but twice. And you still want to come after him? At some point, he had to know that, though. Because even when he was talking to, I can't remember her name, the Golden Lady in the Aisha, uh -huh. and he was like, you've known where he was. Right. So at no point did anybody relay the message, oh, he's a guardian of the galaxy. He killed another, you know, helped kill a, a, another villain. Whatever, whatever. Like that didn't go out, <laughs> right? <laughs> or or I mean? if it did, you didn't take note to say, "Oh, maybe this is somebody I don't want to fuck with." Because if he did that to you in his infancy, what is he gonna do to you now? This That's motherfucker loves guns. He likes yeah. to shoot. He likes to kill things. You really want to come try and, and... what? See, again, he a high evolutionary that. showed that he wasn't quite intelligent in that so decision making. That? I thought you would have figured that out. <laughs> right. Right. But His ego, he's really, really 
egotistical. Like he, one, he can't believe one of his creations would ever be better than him. He would never his think creation that he would proved it. He proved it from the beginning when he told you what the fuck was wrong with your filtration system. To, to, to him, think about it. He talked about how there are civilizations that look at him like a god, that treat him like a god. Yeah, yeah. Like and Guards of the Galaxy, they mean absolutely nothing to him. That means nothing to him. Mm. Well, you know what? He fucked around and found out, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Oh my goodness, but um, but I'm like Casey though, like dude, when you told him when you told him what was gonna happen, so I'm assuming he realized, oh shit, this now I done told him that I'm gonna kill him, he might try something. So he probably like, Oh yeah, I figured you would try something once you found out that you were gonna die. So he probably had been playing the whole time. Right, right. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Great. and it still it I mean it still didn't work out in his favor because he got his face tore up looking like hamburger meat. The oh. man is unhinged. The evolutionary he, this version of evolutionary is insane. But that kind of made me wonder shit if, over and over again, expecting a different result. He yeah, is yeah. insane. <laughs> but the other the other crazy thing about it was the people who were following him, it took until the very end. For them to see how unhinged he was, and they were like, "Oh, we gonna kill all of We gonna we gonna all shoot you." And he was like, "Yeah, whatever." I was like, "Y'all, y'all, y'all don't know how to read the room." Because if he was that unhinged and he was willing to do all of that just to get at Rocket, did y'all really think he was gonna give a fuck about you? Y'all are just you so, so focused on the one thing you missing everything else. That sounds like somebody else we know from another show we discussed. Casey, don't that sound like Pope? Anyway, whole other thing. Laser focus. It you laser. Laser. Else on the you on the side of you so focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that dude had some like major major issues. And it started me wondering, I was like, I wonder, did he experiment on himself too? Like trying to make himself a better version. And maybe that's what started his his mental breakdown once he realized that Rocket was smarter than him. No, I think he was already crazy before yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he didn't need any outside assistance. He, was yeah, already, he, he already had all he needed. Right. Yeah, okay. He, he had all that already. Okay. And no additional help. We're crazy. Mm, okay yeah <laughs> so one of the other things that i did love about the movie um you know for three film, well i think the guardians have been in a total of what five films now and one of the things that we always saw with them was this you know they have this core group but they're always bickering amongst each other. And I, I realized that in the second movie when I was rewatching it, because I was like, oh, it's so funny. In this second movie, I remember Rocket and Quill had this really, really huge fight to the point where they were like, they couldn't stand each other. And then in this movie, Quill is like, that's my best friend. I'm, I'm not going to let him die. And again, I feel like a lot of this development is taking place off screen because it's just kind of like, 
Yes. I know y'all, I know I I was going to say this, but you know, it's like, well, anyway, however these bonds and relationships uh, are, are done, I actually like seeing them in this film. Like you really got to see with Rocket and his being incapacitated and being close to death. Like you saw the Guardians really kind of rally around each other. And even though, yes, there was still a little bit of, you know, Drax is going to be Drax. He's going to give Mantis a hard time and all this other stuff. But you really got to see how important that group is to each other. Like Quill wanting to do anything to save him. Nebula being emotional about Rocket. And then when Rocket was, um, when he was resuscitated and he saw Quill, the first thing he said was, where's Nebula? I was like, okay, they're showing us that these these characters who were previously unemotional, unattached, you know, Nebula couldn't stand the garden. She was like, all of y'all are stupid. Y'all are dumb. Y'all do some dumb shit. Y'all make stupid decisions. For her to have that kind of impact to where she's the first person that Rocket is looking for when he wakes up, where she's upset about his being down and wanting to do whatever needs you know needs to be done to get him back i was like okay i like i like seeing the bonds of friendship and that's one thing marvel i feel like has always done well because you take these characters who have nothing in common who generally don't like each other and you do create these really um strong bonds of friendship and family with them and i do like seeing that so i like seeing it in this film especially because with the last film with ego and everything that was happening it's kind of like y'all just y'all in all different kind of directions there's no cohesion in this group there's no no unity like i don't understand how y'all get shit done because y'all are forever fighting y'all off it's just one of those things so to kind of see that come full circle I enjoyed seeing that. It yeah, well, I mean, plus, it, it also made to... it a bit, uh, it also made it a little bit harder to see them go their separate ways at the end. Yeah, yeah. but you got to realize that Nebula and Rocket were each the last of that crew to they're they're the two two members of the Guardians that made it through the snap. So they had like a whole five years to actually get to know each other and depend yeah, on each other. You're right. And, Get, they help them get through. So they actually have a stronger bond, have a really strong bond now mm-hmm. as opposed to everyone else. Because, like, I was looking and they, they showed the scene when when she brought, when Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel found them and brought their ship back down, brought their ship to Earth. Mm-hmm. And they were just sitting there. Rocky went over and just sat next to her and held her hand. And it's just like, that's the kind of bond that they have because okay, yeah. like, they're the only person they had to, to, to lean on that they knew in this world anymore, period. Like in this unit, really literally in the yeah. universe, the only person that they knew that they could depend on was each other. So mm-hmm. it's like, of course, that's gonna grab them a big bond. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's see. What else should we talk about? Cause like I said, I'm Michael I'm, Rucker. Okay, so I cried when he showed up. I just said, I did. Oh, yes, because we got to talk about crack. Use, yes. Use your heart, son. <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, hi, Yondu. <laughs> so, yeah, that, 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 was fun. That, yeah. that was fun seeing him again because I, I did not expect it. So when he showed up on my screen, I was like, 
y'all do see that? Even though it was just a vision, but still, he he was back long enough yeah, to make absolutely. an impact. I really like this. Is the, I think it's the first time I actually liked Raglan. Like, even, I don't think I've re- really ever kind of liked him, like, from the other things. Really? Um, it, it, he grew on me. He ain't really had to grow on me, but I really liked him in this one just because I saw him, saw him actually come full circle and actually, like, and when he learned, he actually let, he actually learned how to use Yondu Zero. I was like, because before he said he just it just it was just kind of like a comic relief. It's like right. he's like whistling and he's gonna like stick somebody in the ass. Like okay, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Let me try mm-hmm. this again. Yeah, so yeah. In the air, right? Like, oh, but, but when, when when he actually like was like focused and did it, it's like because he was actually. I mean, he drove nowhere. He drove the head mm-hmm. and sh- and shot the ship with the head. We got we got to talk about nowhere being a being a fucking Death Star. Well, no, we'll no, we'll talk about that in a minute. Up. I need to know how high did you jump out of your seat when Howard showed up on screen? About just about as high as when Nathan Fillion got on that damn screen. That, I the, Both of them. Both of them. I was like, yeah. When I Man, saw Howard listen, playing listen, cards, listen, listen, listen. I was, I was like, Mike is about to lose his shit. And you know what my theory is? Look, answer me. Oh, um, what? Wait, 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 what? <laughs> because he showed up in something else, and I'm like, well, maybe Howard the Duck. Will he was in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Maybe he'll be the new yeah, Stanley, where he just appears in in the movie. Believe me, Mike will have no problem with that. No <laughs> problem with that, because yeah, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy too, and I completely forgot about that until I rewatched it. He showed up in what's in? What if yeah? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. like, I was like, okay. Was when in, I saw him, yeah. huh? Yeah, he was in two episodes of What If. He was mm-hmm. in the Thor one, and he was in the um, in the in the T'Challa Star Lord one. Mm-hmm. He was in both of those. Yeah. Someone said you can find him in the ba- the last battle scene in Endgame. Yeah, you can. Yes, yes, you, you can see him like running. In, like, there's actually actual footage. Of Are you him, serious? Like, yeah, I'm gonna yes. have to Google it. <laughs> Damn right. Let me tell you, I was sitting in the movie theater, and I saw that. And um, our friend Carlos was sitting next to me in the movie theater. We both were like, "Oh, Mike is about to be happy." Because <laughs> I think anybody who listens to our show knows about Mike's obsession with Howard the Duck. And when I saw, I rolled that's my eyes. I was like, <laughs> "Oh God! Oh my God! Now I got to listen to Mike." <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep, you gotta listen. Yeah, you're gonna listen, listen to all this. That's why and I, I text in the group so chat. I was like, Mike, when are you going to when are you going to see Guardians? <laughs> he was like, uh, I'm going to see it this weekend, probably Saturday. I was like, okay. He was like, Why? I'm worried now. And I was like, no, because if I were to say you're gonna lose your shit, he would have automatically known what it no, was. No, no, I was, no, that like, was in it. Like, okay. I kinda I kind of figured that's what it was, but then it's like when I saw Nathan. Besides the fact that Nathan Fillion is going to be at Dragon Con, and I am literally going to pay, give him all of my money. Right. I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting pictures, recorded messages. He's he's signing everything I have. Like I'm bring, I'm bringing my mouth pop for him to sign. Like I'm doing everything. Yeah. Like for real. Like outside of outside of the nerd stuff that he's famous for, he my favorite one of my favorite TV shows, Castle, is his show, and I'm just like. 
like losing my shit. And there he is in fucking Guardians of the Galaxy being a douchebag. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. He's a great douchebag in this movie. I was so happy. And I want that puffy ass. I'm thinking about doing a, finding a puffy ass jack, yellow jacket and doing a cosplay as him and going you know, when I can go up there. <laughs> but yes, I was very funny. happy. The, the, that's what that's why I was like, not only not only is my favorite movie star in there, but Nathan Fillion's in there too. Like this is great. This is awesome. Yeah. It was it was a funny, like, and and I saw an interview where he said this is not the first time he's been in the MCU. Like no, he, he, was, been... he was he was he was a prisoner in the first one. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you like saw his face and he is he is like there and fully fleshed out and um like you said being a total douchebag i just sat in my movies i just sat in my seat and i was just smiling and laughing so much because i was like this is cool because okay you you're talking about castle i remember when he showed up on one life to live as young joey Buchanan. <laughs> that's how far back i remember him yeah, that's far that's oh he was, you know, where <laughs> whatever we the same age. Slow climbers don't even come on no more. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. And technically, we are not the same age, at least for another. Shut up! Uh, Shut up! Did nobody ask yeah. you? <laughs> did nobody ask you? I know you got another thirteen days. That did nobody ask you? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, him showing up, that was a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to think what else was there. The fight scenes. Um, especially that fight scene when they let me tell you, when they were all fighting, okay, I gotta give it to to Chris Pratt. So I'm not like the hugest Chris Pratt fan. I mean, I know a lot of people who don't like him for for various reasons. I don't have a problem with him. I think he's a good actor. But when I tell you the way he was moving in this fight scene, this uh the big one where they were fighting all the people and like mm-hmm. they're they're like jumping on the wall. I was looking at that fight scene like this is one of the best fucking fight scenes. I love it. It was so good. And then you see everybody. Okay, just the 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 choreography, the way that they all move together. And again, you know, I talked about seeing how this group has kind of come together, how they really kind of feel like a family now. And you can even see it in the way that they move with each other. Anytime Groot starts fighting, I love it because Groot is like, I'm about to kill your ass, especially if you touch this person, if you touch this person. Mm -hmm. When he was in the high evolutionary's chambers and he pulled out all the guns with all his, (laughs) him and Quill were fighting. I was like, (laughs) he came out there and pulled the general Grievous, like just like all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) They were moving together so well. And I was just like, this is beautiful. This is so beautiful. And then to see it with the rest of that, I was just like, okay, y'all, I'm here for this. Like, I would go back just to watch the fight scenes. They were amazing. I mean, and like, shout out to Nebula getting literally getting her head knocked off and still killing people. Then like snapping it back and snapping her arm back and continue fighting. I was like, shit. Nebula was like, Rocky gave her some upgrades. Yeah, yeah, he did. Like, holy shit, he gave her some upgrades. Man, I mean, can we talk? Can we talk about the fact that she looked like years. that? She looked like a, looked like a female version of an X-wing fighter when she was when she approached um, Adam Warlock in the first 
in the first part of the movie when he when he grabbed Rocket and she came up and he had she had like 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 the wing like almost the wings to look yes. like a dragonfly. She was like, "Hold up, you're like gonna put him down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to make yeah, you she... put him down." <laughs> but yeah, fight. Like her scene. arm became her hand became a kid, and I was like, "What? The, when did that happen? Like, how? What? Like, what? What software update is that? Like, damn." Let me tell you, Nebula, like for 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 as much as she complains about what Thanos did to her and what he did to her was horrible. Um, talk about a bitch making the best of a bad situation. Hello, because I'm not even gonna fuck with Nebula when he when Adam took Rocket. She was looking at him like, "Oh no, what we not gonna do? <laughs> what we not gonna do? You. I'm gonna need that back." Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, Man. this movie was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, even though yes, it did have a darker undertone. It did have it did with a lot of heavy, um, heaviness. But the humor that was in it, I feel like, kept it from being like, oh my god, I'm so fucking depressed after watching this movie, because there was some humor there that I felt like was well placed again the adam warlock stuff stuff was a little bit weird at first but even at the end when he sees everybody else hugging he's like oh i guess this is what i'm supposed to do too i was like okay this is him kind of so awkward i'm like it was awkward but it was a good awkward because this is somebody who's never experienced any of that before so it's kind of what you would expect from him and i didn't have a problem with it i thought (laughs) it was yeah See, for me, like my my favorite scene or, the, you know, that kind of moved me was, you know, over the years in all the movies, we always hear, you know, people call Rocket, call him a raccoon. And he's like, I'm not a raccoon. So I'm calling him that. And I think I was watching one movie where Peter said, OK, Trash Panda. He was like, is that better? He's like, yeah, it's better. <laughs> it was this. I think it was. It was the this last one, was one and then the I think he one. said it in this one too, or something like. No, he called the Bash Panda, and uh, yeah. and then he sees at the end when he sees all the little raccoons, and he looks and it says raccoons. And then he realized I am a raccoon. He mm-hmm. was a rocket. That and that to saved, me was he saved the babies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He says, very, but that that was one of the best to me. That was one of the best moments in this yeah, he movie. Said, he said, "The name's Rocket, Rocket Rock- Raccoon." Yeah, and then proceeded to whoop the high evolutionary's ass again. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Talk about dark. The part where where Grafter Gamora stabbed him and and put his put her face like real close to his, and he had a flap hanging off, and like, oh, what's this? Yeah, and just let him fall. I was like, oh. You taking a trophy? Come on, man. Can't be- was, no, I think I think that was like we're about to expose who you really are. Like, you know, take this take this little mask off. This whole you know perfect looking whatever. Like something is not right about you up underneath, and that was literally true. Mask off. Mask off. Face off. <laughs> right. <laughs> literally. Hmm. But um, oh, and what did you guys think about the? Do you understand, or did y'all understand, or was it just me? That at the end, when I am group said, "I really love you guys." Did you understand 
I was teary. I was like, come on, man. I didn't okay. at first. I was like confused. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but then, said, yeah, I, was I like, saw it. I saw the interview where he said that was supposed to be. It's like we became part of the family now. So we understand group the way that the Guardians understand group. Yes. Because I, even I, towards I the end, Gamora. The I was like, yeah, Gamora started understanding mm -hmm. him. Like, yeah. 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 So yes. yeah. Okay. I thought it was, was very that was probably sweet. my favorite part of the whole movie. I, I thought like, that was very sweet. And I cried at that too. I was like, yeah. God damn it, James Gunn. <laughs> Ask for all this. You know a part I cried that I almost cried at that I wasn't not expecting to was the part where where Craglin called Cosmo a bad dog and she was like, you know, like I'm not a bad dog, I'm a good dog. Take it back. And she finally Take it back. she finally saved him and she was like, You're a good dog. And I was like so okay, let me let me ask y'all this because I don't remember when Cosmo the dog was introduced into the story. And uh, she, he was in the first one. She was in the first one. And she, she was in one of the little in, glass. Yeah, he was in, with the collector. Yeah, with the collector. She, was, she, was, she was one of the things collector. Okay, that's where I because I kept looking at this. I was, where the fuck did this talking dog come from? <laughs> <laughs> And like I said, I haven't had a chance to go back and look. And I was just sitting here like, where the hell did she come from? I couldn't yeah, because her. Yes, you know, you're at, right. At the, end, at the end of the first one in the post credit scene, her and Howard showed up after after the collector was going through the yes, rubble. Yes, you're right. Okay, because I was so confused. I was like, where the hell did this dog come from? And how, why is she just all in the movie? <laughs> and you just picked a random dog like, hey, come along. I was trying Look, to figure out. Did you watch? Did you watch the Christmas special? No. I did, but I was I even with the Christmas special. I was trying to figure out, like, where the hell did this dog come from? Yeah, so yeah, I've been I've been trying to figure out where she. You didn't watch the Christmas special? No, the Christmas yeah, like special was so good. Take it back. I'm the good dog. Take it back. I'm not a bad dog. <laughs> yeah. I, I like you that. need to watch that the Christmas got, special. It was so good. And then, of course, you know, they made that reference at in the end credit scene when Grandpa was reading the paper. Uh, you know, the Kevin headline Bacon. was Kevin Bacon talks about his <laughs> alien. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk, let's talk about six degrees of Kevin Bacon game now. That's right. Yeah. It's it, amazing. You basically can't miss. You cannot miss now because he's he's in the whole MCU. He's even crossed the multiverse. Oh my god! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yes. So, but okay. So let's talk about the characters and and where where they end up and and stuff because, like we said, um, some of the characters, some of the guardians, we supposedly will not see again. We do know that we will see Peter Quill again because you know we had the uh, title card at the end that says. Star Lord, you know wh what was it? The the legendary, the, the legendary Star Lord. Star Lord will return. So Which is the name of his book, um, comic book. Okay. Um, yeah, there's Guardians of the Galaxy, and then there's the legendary Star Lord. Okay, I yeah, I did read about that. So Peter, at the end of this thing, he decides that he needs to go home because that's one of the things that um that's brought up several times in the film about the fact that, okay, so you got kidnapped from Earth after your mom died and you never went back, you know? And it was this whole thing about, you know, 
he needs closure. That's the reason. And that was one of the things Gamora kept saying, you, you don't know how to let things go. You know, you just, you kind of like your, your mom died. You left, like you never in, in 30 something went back. went back to check on your family. He was like, well, my grandfather, you know, the last thing he said to me before I disappeared, he yelled at me and kicked me out the hospital. And what was it? Who, I don't remember who was it that said, yeah, man. She was like, "Well, he just lost his daughter. You don't think he was trying to process that too, mm-hmm. you know?" But um, at the end, he goes back home. He goes back to his grandfather's old house. His grandfather is there, embraces him, cries because his grandson is back. And then you see, in one of the post-credit scenes, Peter and his grandfather sitting there eating cereal. And Peter's just talking about the fact that his uncle is, you know, making him cut the grass. He was like, you know, a grown ass man and, you know, in his in his 70s and he doesn't do anything. And he's just sitting back watching me cut the grass. I'm like, well, dude, you've been gone for a long time. You should have been cutting them grasses. You got a whole lot of grass. <laughs> to make yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, you got a lot on credit. You got, got, got grass cutting on credit. Get your ass out there. Okay. Right. Mantis also decides that she is going to leave because, as she said, um, you know, she existed for so long doing what Ego wanted and then doing what everybody else wanted as part of the Guardians. And she doesn't know what she wants. She doesn't know who she is or what she wants to be. So she leaves um, to go find that. And I thought it was really cute that uh, Drax was sad that she was leaving because for all the hard times he gave her, that really is like his best friend. So that was cute. But, um, you know, Groot, Rocket, and Groot and Rocket, actually, they stay with the Guardians. Rocket is now the captain of the Guardians. Drax and Nebula stay on the planet nowhere so that they can kind of help build the city back up. And also, um, somebody's got to take care of all these damn kids <laughs> that the high evolutionary had on his ship. Because he had, it had to have been almost 100, if not more. If not more, yeah. Lots There's of lot children, of yeah. And a lot of kids have powers, which you need to get to. Too. Right. So, so you got to have, have somebody who could actually calm them down when they have temper tantrums like, like Love did at the end of Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can't, you can't just have anybody there. Like, yeah. Like, and, and it's going to blow you up. Probably. Nebula didn't give me motherly, though, at all. She ain't got to be. She got. She's got to be. Got to give him that glare and tell him to sit their ass down. Yeah, Nebula. She, Nebula is the no nice. Nebula is the black mama. The I look. Don't touch nothing. Hey, don't ask hey. for nothing. Don't say nothing. <laughs> That's is, Nebula. Nebula doesn't move her mouth when she talks anyway, so she already got that black mom thing like, sit your ass Yeah. And Drax is the pushover daddy. He's the one that they're going to they're gonna look at him with like the little puppy dog eyes and he's going to give them whatever it is they want. Yeah. So I, th- I think I think they're I think it's a good balance though for them to be able to do the things that they're going to need to do. And then, you know, with Kraglin uh, being part of the Guardians now and Cosmo being part of the Guardians. Okay, but can we talk about swole ass Groot at the end of the movie? Because I did not realize that that big rocky structure, what looked like a rocky structure, was actually Groot taking <laughs> a nap. When he said, Groot, come on, and Groot got up, I was like, 
Groot is a floral colossus from his home planet. So. No, hey, Ed. God. Ed, is that Alpha Groot or King Groot? I think that's I think that's King Groot. But you yeah. know that's what I was thinking too, because because of how his head looked like a looked like a crown kind. I was like, oh shit. King Groot's a beast. King you think Groot was bad. King Groot's okay. not to be fucked with. Okay. Yeah. It's a bad motherfucker. Okay. Cool. Um, but Phyla, we need to talk. We hold on. We we need to talk about Phyla. Phyla Bell. Okay, so yes, let's talk about Phyla because I have absolutely no knowledge of who this character is, what she's supposed to be. Nothing. Right. I didn't even realize she had a so, name until I looked it up at the end. She's like, this is this has like really weird implications in everything that's going on. Basically, Phyla Bell was actually introduced in a Captain Marvel comic. Um, she's been known as Quasar. Mm-hmm. She has she basically has most of the same powers as Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. So it's like so this could either she could she could very well make an appearance in the Marvels. I I, I read that somewhere. It could it, happen because did I, because that would tie them together. Did I read somewhere that she has also carried the moniker of Miss Marvel or uh, Captain, Captain Marvel? Marvel? Captain Marvel. Yes, yeah, she has okay. been Captain Marvel. Quasar. And she's been Quasar. Yeah. yeah. Monica Rambo has also been Quasar and Captain Marvel as well. Monica okay. Rambo's been like five different names. They they could never figure out a name for her. She's been like she's like Photon, Quasar, Captain Marvel, like Ebony, like Ebony Marvel. I don't know. It's like oh wait, that's some that's some <laughs> magazine. Never mind. I'm sorry. I digress. But um, <laughs> so okay. you think so you think this Phyla is gonna show up in the Marvels? I think There's it's a possible. chance. I'm not saying for sure. I won't say for sure, but. The fact that she was actually... I'm sorry. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I have a theory. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the fact that she that her first appearance was in a Captain Marvel comic book kind of belays the fact that eventually they're going to be together, whether it's with Monica Rambeau or whether it's with Carol Danvers or even if it's with Kamala. It's like one of the three, like she's going to have an interaction with them because she's going to be a Captain Marvel somewhere down the line and she has the power set already. So there is a link there. So okay. it's absolutely possible that she could be in Captain Marvel in the in the Marvels coming up, or but she's I think she's definitely going to have a role in whatever's coming up with Secret Wars or whatever's coming up with Secret Wars. I think she's definitely going to be in that. Um, I think if they develop her right, she'll probably be in Young Avengers whenever they decide to quit playing with our emotions and reveal that they're actually putting that together because everyone, by the time they put it together everybody's going to be 35 and they're not going to be Young Avengers anymore. They're going to be <laughs> old-ass Avengers. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean she, could, she could fit into Young Avengers. There's a lot of places that her character could fit into. So, mm-hmm. and plus they already have her with Adam Warlock. It's like, they're two really powerful beings, so there's a lot they could do with all that. And so, and are they are they going to do, did they say they're going to do Nova Corps? Yes, Nova Nova is one of the things they have in development too. Yeah, so they're doing wow. Nova Core. She okay. is, she has been with both Nova and Star Lord. So Oh, okay. They're gonna tie eventually they're gonna tie all the cosmic stuff together. Um Okay. Yeah. It'd be nice because they all they all they all have they all have strings that connect themselves mm-hmm. and they've been showing them separately. So it's like if they could just but you right here, put you right here, put you right here, tie all that shit up and give us a decent movie. It'd be like, okay, cool. 
I'm, I'm telling you, all of this is leading up to secret secret wars. It's gonna be it's gonna be a big thing. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Okay. All right. But well, the way they're building it up, I'm like, I mean, I'm again. more excited about secret wars than I am the Kang Dynasty. Well, the Kang uh, Dynasty too is also so far off, and it's so right now it's so really up in the off. air with with everything that's going on, you know, off camera with Jonathan Majors. But See, um, with everything going on off camera with the writer strike, the writer strike but, is going to push everything back again. This is basically a this is basically a writer's version of COVID. It's like it's going to push everything back and kind of screw up all the fucking timelines. Yeah, unless these companies out. decide to pay these writers what they're fucking worth. This I need them to go on ahead and push do it that. Back until, but Blade but, but is on the, it's already, they've, Blade, they've already pushed back Blade again. They've pushed the back a lot of other movies. A lot of other movies yeah. that I mean, they do Marvel. They've already pushed them back. Like, yeah. They've already stopped production on because, a whole lot of things. Because Maharshala Ali was having issues with the writer they had. <laughs> so, yeah. They, yeah, he finally got the right writer, and now they're yeah. now the writers are on strike. So it's like, yeah. well, like I said, I need these companies to pay these writers what they're worth. I need to give, I need nice. them give them the credit that they're due. Because I mean, we've been hearing about this for years now, and you know, it, it's so funny because there's this one meme that keeps going around, and it's about, uh, it's like a quote-unquote cautionary tale about writer strikes and what can happen, and it's always uh, hero season two. Yes, <laughs> people are like this is what happens when you take a good show and you have a writer strike because you don't want to pay the writers what they're fucking worth. You get hero season two. <laughs> And I'm just like, y'all, take these writers because these shows would not exist without your writers. Like, come on. Why is this a hard thing to do? It ain't like they don't have the money and they can't pay them. Right. It's about greed. They're they're being greedy. That's that's all it is. It's like that one. But it's like karma will get their ass. It's fun. I just hope they don't get their ass at the expense of good writing for these shows because we have lots of shows that we discuss that are kind of now in limbo. Yeah. And I mean, if th- if that's what y'all got to do to get paid, then fine. Th- there's plenty of stuff out there for us to talk about. But, you right. know, it's kind of like you don't, you, you have these people who are doing phenomenal things with writing on, on some of these shows. And then if you don't pay them what they're worth or what they do, I won't even say just what they're worth, what they deserve. You know what I'm right. saying? If you're not even giving them the bare minimum, if you're not giving them whatever, there. Look, don't screw this up for us, companies, corporations. Don't screw this up. Pay the fucking writers what they deserve. Pay them what they're worth. Give them their money so we can have other things to talk about. That's well. We're lucky that some of the stuff we do watch is wrapped already. <laughs> right, right. There are some things that rabbit is like. There's a lot of things that mm. you know you're seeing there. They're not in production anymore. They've pulled back, or you know, um, even shows that might have been like in post production. They're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, we're gonna stop because we're gonna support the writers, and we do too. So, but oh, it's just just frustrating. It it is. And it's not just with the writers. I mean, you see this happening in different industries all over. Just pay people what they're fucking worth. People want to be paid what they're worth. Yeah. Just pay what they're fucking worth. Because your company can't run without these people. You know? So, I mean, yeah. 
Anyway, I don't still see how uh, Walmart makes as much as they do, but you want to pay your employees minimum wage. Girl, we, girl that's a whole other conversation. We're not even about to start that because some of us got to go to work tomorrow. We'll be here for hours talking about that bullshit. But anyway, anything Man. else we need to discuss with Guardians mm. of the Galaxy? I think overall, we all love the movie or like the movie and and you know think that james it, it was a great swan song for james gunn he did an absolute phenomenal job and i love the fact that even though yes he is part of dc now he still came and supported this movie 100 promoted this movie 100 was still posting on, like even even now is still posting on social media about how much this film and how much these characters mean to him and you can only hope that people, when they leave a project, that they still have that much passion for it, because a lot of times they don't. It's like once they leave, they're right. like, oh, that's not part of me anymore. And the fact that he put so much of himself into it and gave us such a great product, I'm appreciative of it. Now I need you to do the same thing for DC so I can stop looking at Lori sideways when she wants to do something DC related. <laughs> Wait, you want to do what? <laughs> like, do we have to? But you know what? That, the preview for that Blue Beetle, that looks actually pretty good. That looks fucking amazing. I saw a preview. I was like, oh, okay. You talking about Flash? No, that. the Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle. Oh. Yeah. It was, why good. did you why did you look like that, Anthony? You were like, oh, whatever. Blue Beetle's going to be dope. Mm. Blue Beetle, I mean. It's going to be all right. Anthony is big, he, he's he's remaining cautiously skeptical, which I understand. It's a DC movie. I, I understand. I get that too. I understand. So um, yeah. All right. Shout out to this cast. Like, holy shit. All these people that are in it, like behind the scenes, like um, we could talk about Tara Strong being voicing mainframe. She took the place of um what's her name? Uh Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus voiced mainframe before, but um, Tara Strong. I did not know that. I don't know how I did. I think I knew it, but it just kind of slipped past my mind. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Sylvester Sloan coming back as freaking Stakar. James Gunn voicing that little deformed little lamb thing. The one when they they were freeing everybody, um, Mantis was like, oh, you're not ugly. I didn't say you're. <laughs> he's like, he's yes, like yes. Head to the side. Yes. That was James Gunn voiced him. Um, Michael Rosenbaum was back. Michael Rosenbaum was back as one of the Ravagers too. Yeah. Um, also, um, from the move from James Gunn's The Suicide Squad movie, the girl that played Ratcatcher Two was the girl that was was one of the, the girl that was punching up the thing for Peter Quill and finding mm-hmm. um, Rat Rockets um, finding Rockets history. Oh yeah, that was mm-hmm. Rat, the girl played Ratcatcher too. Okay, um, the girl, the woman, um, James Gunn's wife was in it too. She's the one that got shot. Like everybody's la- laughing her ass. She's like, ah! like and the one got shot in the leg. Yeah, yes, that, that was his wife. And she, she's also yes. in. She's, she's also been Suicide Squad and Peacemaker series. So okay, okay. Along Sean the, Gunn the was the it. one who voiced um, Young Rocket. Who was? Sean, Sean Gunn, Craglin. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um what else was what else was I gonna say? Um shout out to shout out to Peter Quill saying fuck in the car. Like when 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 I wasn't even going to get in, like right. Right. Really? I 
Yes, he. Like, um, like, I think I read that today. He is the person who dropped the first f bomb in the MCU. Right. I can just right. hear huh. Steve now. Language. Language. You kiss your mother with that mouth. Right. <laughs> exactly. Or grandpa. Right. I was gonna say no because his mother's dead. His mother's dead. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> like this sounds like Nebula. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> no, because his mother's dead. Yeah. How insensitive, Steve. Right. Um, and shout, shout out to shout out to them looking when they were on when they were in their spacesuits looking like looking like they were playing a really big game of Among Us. That okay, that's the cuz I kept looking I was like that looks like characters from some video game that was really really popular a couple of years ago. You used to see the characters all over the place. I'm sure that was intentional. Yeah, that probably was so. intentional. And and poor Mantis could not get it straight. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh my god. Poor Mantis. Let's just say hilarious. poor Mantis. Just Poor Mantis. <laughs> I hope she finds what she's looking for with her big alien. Okay, the little, the I was going to say the little aliens. The big alien that she ended up having control of, was that the same thing that was at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. I was like, wait, that looks familiar. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so they did do a lot of little, um, you know. Paul Bex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I just it, it was just one of those things when I saw it I was like wow I forgot how much happened in Guardians of the Galaxy two and then I was like wow ego is really a dick like <laughs> I was watching it the other day I was like oh my goodness he really was a dick anyway what's next on the Marvel slate is it um Secret Invasion the the show I think so. Okay, okay. So, of course, we will be covering that. Um, I'm glad I got my popcorn bucket. See, and I'm t- I saw the popcorn bucket, but the way that I saw it, I, it was sitting on the bar because I went to AMC that has the uh, MacGuffins bar in it. And you only saw, I only saw the box part, so I didn't see the part that actually had Rocket. And I was like, I really want that, but I have nowhere to, like, I don't know where I will put it right now. Because I still have popcorn buckets from Doctor Strange and uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. There you go. And so I I don't know where I will put it, but it's cute. I may, I may reconsider going to buy it because it does look cute. I don't know how you're going to get that home, Casey. So... <laughs> I thought about it after I purchased it. I was like, go to the UPS store and mail that shit back to yourself. I told her, look, you can take, no, you can take a carry-on bag on the plane. You can take a personal bag, just put a tote, get a tote bag, take the tote bag, and you can sit, sit it up under the, the chair in front of you while you're on the plane. Easy peasy. Or just buy, just, just buy the ticket and sit next to you. Put the seatbelt on and everything. <laughs> this is Rocket Raccoon seat going back to Atlanta He's with me. Exactly. This is this is this is my. Just call it. This is your. That's your service popcorn bucket. It's like you need it for comfort on the flight. Hello. Yeah. After all that emotional damage we got. <laughs> oh my God. How about okay? Real quick. How about I still haven't gotten over the fact that that Peter Quill was dead in space? 
Like, he was dead. He, he clearly couldn't have been dead all the way if they brought him down. Yeah, I don't think he was dead. But it's like, was I was like, looking, I was he like, had this when much he, when left he, in him. When he, when he was almost there and the, and the debris hit him and he stopped, I was like, no, uh. I was like, I said, no, you've got to be kidding me. Like, really? Like, right now? I thought it too. I really thought it too. Like, that's that was going to be the end of Peter's story. And but, then Groot, Groot, like, throwing throwing his branches out and the branches freezing and breaking. I was like, oh, that come on. is the part that really damaged me emotionally. I was like, no, because Groot, no, you can't, you can't do my baby like that. Like, he reached out and I was like, he's going to do it. And then when he started freezing, I was like, how dare he? When his face went poo I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, his face started blowing." I was, I like, was like, "How dare they?" Because he didn't even look that bad the first time he got stuck in space. He w- maybe that's yeah. what happened after the second time. <laughs> yeah. I think the first time he, he he was still connected to ego. Mm. Oh, Probably, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he still—I guess—he still had kind of some of his powers too, because. So now I don't think. Well, I—I I don't know because when Ego died, I—I I don't remember who said it, but someone said, "Well, you're—you're you're now you're fully human." I don't think yeah. it works like that. He may not have the power, but his DNA is still not completely human. Right. Right. That's probably why he survived again. This didn't work shape because mm-hmm. yeah. you know, last time he didn't puff up like that. Yeah, I, I would imagine after that, and you you wake up and you look and see yourself in the mirror. You like, yeah, you know what? I'm going back to Earth. Fuck this, right? <laughs> like, and what I said, have had did enough. That look, did that look cool? Hey, go ahead and go go somewhere where I ain't gonna get puffed up. A shout to the soundtrack too. Damn it! Starting off this movie with creep. You you know, Guardians of the Galaxy always has amazing yeah. soundtracks. Top fucking notch. Always. Yeah, absolutely. When you sitting Man. in there and you like dancing, I'm like, I am not supposed to be dancing in this movie, but you can't help but dance because the soundtrack is amazing. So yes. He knows how to pick he knows how to pick his songs. He was playing he was playing fucking crazy for you when Adam Warlock was beating their ass. I was like, how does that go so well? <laughs> And then it's like, <laughs> and, and then he played the machine at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I, he, he played the flaming lips when when Peter was over there sulking, looking out the window. I was like, oh, great! I'm, I'm glad Drax went up and snapped him up. Yeah, but yeah, again, again, James Gunn knows how to pick music for these for, these, for his movies. Like he mm-hmm. did a really good, hell of a job on that shit. Yeah, he did. He did. I still don't care what you say. This is a, I a lot of this. For all his all his faults, this was this is still this is still a top eleven movie for me. I still like I still I still think it's in the top eleven for me. Okay. All right. Well, we will end on that positive note with our review of Guardians of the Galaxy three. Before we end, I do want to give a shout out. Um, I put a post on social media a couple of weeks ago about um, you know, asking people to help, you know, support the podcast by giving donations. We did get a donation from Angela Fur. Thank you so much for your donation towards the podcast. We really appreciate you listening and supporting us. 
So on that positive note, that's it for our show. You can find us yeah, on yeah. <laughs> Really, really. Thank you, Angela. Thank you, Angela. Really? That's, awesome. that's, that's how we clap now for a donation. Really? Exactly. Oh, okay, we can do it like that. That's it for our show. You can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can chat with us on our Discord channel. You can watch our videos on our YouTube channel and you can listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time. Bye.